Welcome everyone to today's daily directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. Well, hello, happy Tuesday, or whenever it is that you're joining us here for our daily directional. We are jumping in again to the letter, the epistle of James. We're in chapter one, and we're reading all the way down through verse 18. Yesterday and today, I've read it in the English Standard Version. So that's what this is. The passage one more time. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exultation, and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. So yesterday we focused on verse four and the word perfection. And we talked about how God intends for us to be perfect in the sense of being full in him, of being mature, of being complete, of fulfilling our purpose in wholeness. And today I find my interest being drawn towards verse number six, where James says, if anyone lacks, let him ask. Now, we do have to have a little moment where we talk about pronouns here. Let him, if anyone. Uh, The original is really talking to all brethren, all believers. This would be men and women alike. So although I may be reading or saying him, we could also say let her ask. This is to each and everyone who has claimed Christ as their Lord, Savior, and Redeemer. 
So in verse six, James is talking specifically about our need for wisdom, that God gives wisdom, who we have to remember, by the way, the Bible tells us is Jesus. Jesus is the wisdom of God. God wants to give wisdom and he gives it freely to any who have asked. Now, the question to you, the question to me this morning is, have you asked lately? Because I'm going to be honest, that's one place where the Spirit met me in this study and preparation. I realized I don't know that I've asked, not really purposefully. So maybe you need to take a deep breath and pause this for a second. Lean into the Lord and say, God, I need your help. Will you please give me your wisdom today? And then James jumps into this really hard part. He says that we have to ask without doubt. And then he goes on to say that doubt makes us wishy-washy, like a wave of the sea that is tossed to and fro by the wind. Man, doubt is a place that we can land so easily. And, you know, it's a place where we really are tossed because we are tormented by the enemy. But I do want us to remember there's the story in the Gospels. We find it in Mark chapter 9, where a man is asking for his child to be healed. And Jesus asks him if he believes. And this man says, yeah, I believe. Help my unbelief. So there really is something that's not entirely bad or outside of the human condition about doubt. It's going to be something that we face. But in this passage in James, we really need to focus on the fact that God promises to give wisdom to those who ask. And if we believe he really does this, and you know, I believe with all my heart that he really does, then the doubt that James is talking about may well have to do with the answers we get rather than the way that we ask, or even our sense of who God is and what he can do. See, I think most of us know that God answers. We know that God answers for other people. We know that God has answered in other times and places. We know that the Bible promises that he will do it. And we know things. We've experienced what it's like for God to sort of download wisdom into us after we've asked and sought his help. So I guess I'm wondering if the doubt that tosses us right here, that is so wishy-washy, is actually that which sets aside the answers that we've been given by God. What if the way that we're tossed to and fro is that when we're faced with others' opinions of a situation or a solution, or we're faced with the stories that someone else is writing in their heads about us or about our actions and our reactions, that we actually drop what God has said and told us, the wisdom that he's instilled in our minds and hearts, and instead we listen to that external input that we are being given. That place is super destructive, and we know it, and it doesn't have to be, but it certainly tosses us. In the Gospels, Jesus asks several different people, what do you want? Or another form of that question, what do you want me to do for you? A couple places where you could look that up are in John chapter 1, Mark chapter 10, and Matthew chapter 20. And I really believe that it's a necessary question for each one of Jesus' disciples to answer, for each one of us to answer. Once we know what we want, then it's pretty easy to ask for it. Mm, I say easy, but it does take courage. It does take bravery. It does take intention. But it is the next step. 
really often what our desire boils down to when we really answer that question, what do you want or what do you want from me? It boils down to wisdom, right? We have other words for this in English. We think problem solving, we need creativity. We need gentleness or kindness when we're dealing with difficult people. Um, We need to know how to make a decision between what looks like two really dead ends or We need to know how to make a decision between what looks like two really great options. The fancy church word for what we need here and what we're asking for is discernment. It's all really part of wisdom. So Jesus asks us to ask, and then we're supposed to believe that the God that James refers to in verse 17, right? He refers to him as the father of lights who does not change. He cannot change and he gives generously. We have to believe that he will answer. There's this other really difficult word kind of brings my hackles up just in a spot of, I desperately do not want to be this. James talks about being double-minded, those who are tossed to and fro. Being double-minded makes us unstable, James says. And when we're labeled double-minded, we ask something of the Lord, we receive it, and then we doubt that it really happened. It's from this place that James is able to say, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For a really long time, I would read this verse, this passage, and I would feel fairly threatened. I'd feel the dread or the discouragement uh, rising inside my gut. And I would think, Lord, save me from this position where you will refuse to give me what I ask. Or I would worry that there's a posture that we can take that that will cause God to refuse me. But I just don't think that this is true. See, the problem is that James just said, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him or her ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. Okay, God is poised to give. He is generous. So it's not actually a matter of refusal on God's part to give. That's not something I should be fearful of. The problem with our doubts is that doubt blocks us from the receipt of the gift. In order to gain, in order to receive, to absorb the gift of wisdom from God, after we've asked for it, we have to believe in God's generosity and giving nature in his steadfastness. We have to believe and know that he has answered. And then we have to trust the answer. Now, In no way am I saying that this is easy at all, but honestly, learning, synthesizing, and obtaining really good things is rarely a walk in the park. Yet, James's prayer for us, his hope for us is this statement, let her ask in faith without doubt. This statement is an invitation to something beautiful and different. And honestly, it's upside down from our culture. See, God's answers and provision often seem really obvious, really simple, or they can go the other way and they seem outlandish to us. It takes practice to hold that answer and then run with it in faith. Honestly, when this happens, I marvel every single time. When I ask for wisdom and God grants it, it is so obvious that it wasn't my idea. He really does make a way where there is no way. Just like the Israelites who stand at the edge of the river and think we're blocked. The enemy army, Pharaoh, is chasing us down and he's about to get here. And God makes a way through the sea. 
sometimes we feel like we can't do the thing that God asks or says. Like, we can't choose love and gentleness and kindness in the face of poor treatment or in the face of someone else's anger or selfishness. But the Holy Spirit really will help you succeed in that impossible place. Remember, we can do more than we could ever ask or imagine, more than we could even think according to the power of Christ Jesus working through us. You can't do it, but God's Spirit can. Friends, hold tight to the faith that God is poised to accomplish all he intends. In Isaiah, it tells us that God's word goes out from him and it doesn't return empty. It always accomplishes what he's intended it for every single time. So I think here's my encouragement to us today. Your doubt is not a punishment. It's not a punishment. God is poised to answer when you ask. But your doubt does have consequence. Let's not take James' words as a threat, but we do need to take them as a warning. See, in love, James wants his brothers and sisters to glean and to gain the real power that comes with true steadfastness. Faith is necessary for our maturity. And maturity, remember yesterday, is God's goal for us. It's our movement into a place of godly perfection and completeness. And when we reach that place of maturity, we can say in confidence, I lack nothing. Remember the psalm that says that. Here are James' words again. He says, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. The psalmist David states in that famous Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Faith. It is all faith. That is what James is after. So may you today grow in the faith that in the power of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, believers have everything we need. We ask and we receive. Wisdom abounds. Ask and then take hold of the answer today, friends. Do not be tossed to and fro by other assumptions, thoughts, opinions, or answers. <music>